Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello and welcome, John Cassidy Rice here. Grab your dancing shoes, we've got so much to cover that we're going to get straight out on the dance floor and boogie. We're exploring submodalities. These are some questions I've had, uh, particularly from a guy called Tony who was asking about, so what are submodalities really? Well, submodalities, in my opinion, are one of the most powerful aspects of NLP. We're going to be exploring how you think as opposed to what you think. And if you could change how you think, what could you do? That's right, pretty much anything. You'll be able to take limiting beliefs, turn them into empowering beliefs. Take something you dislike doing and turn it into like. You'd also be able to take something you understand and make yourself confused about it. Now why would you do that? Well, there's a really good reason. Have you ever known somebody say to you, Oh, I know how to do this. And put a full stop on learning anything new. Well, it's really good when you find yourself saying something like that. I know how to do this. Full stop on learning. To make yourself confused about it. Not about life, but about the topic. Because confusion will force you in to a learning state. Whether you like it or not. And yes, you can take something you're confused about and turn it into understanding. So exploring how you think as opposed to what you think. Now I've said that a couple of times, so let's have an example of that. I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking about. I am thinking about a park bench. Let me tell you how I'm thinking about that park bench. It's 50 feet tall, it's black and white, it's 2D, it has a white frame around it. I bet that was different from how you thought of a park bench. And that's what we're interested in with some modalities, how we think as opposed to what we're thinking. We are lost in what we're thinking and we miss how we think. So we're starting to explore this how we think, which we're calling submodalities. Okay, right, so I've used this word submodality several times now. So let's define it. Now, if we take the world in through our five modalities, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, excuse me, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, olfactory, and gustatory, i.e. smell and taste, do you suspect we would use those five modalities as the raw building blocks to our thinking? Yeah, it's plausible. It's not a new idea. Aristotle and Plato were talking about this. They called it the forms in the mind. Right, so we're taking the, the world in through our five modalities and using that as the raw building blocks to our thinking. 
Do you also suspect that each of those five modalities have their own building blocks? So if I said to you, picture your favorite food. Now everybody around you and everybody listening to this podcast would have a different picture of a different food, but also how you think about it would be different. Some people have a big picture, some people have a small picture, some would be life-size, some would be moving, some would be still. Did you notice they were sub-components of visual? Hence the term sub-modalities, or the building blocks to our thinking. And we're really starting to play with this idea. So let's explore some of these sub-modalities just a little bit further, just because we can. And now I invite you to think of a food you neither like nor dislike. It's a food that's okay. And I say that because we're going to change how you encode it. So picture that food in front of you. Picture that food in front of you. Now double the size of that picture. Now double the size of that picture yet again. Notice that might change the way you respond to that food. Now shrink it down, shrink it down, shrink it down to its normal size and then carry on shrinking it down, shrinking it down, shrinking it down until it becomes a postage stamp size. That might change the way you respond to that food. Okay, put it back, put it back to its original size and shape. Now turn up all the color, so make it very vividly bright and colorful, make it more vivid, more bright, more colorful. Now turn that brightness and color down, turn it down, turn it down to its original color and brightness and next turn it down further so it becomes pastel, go through grayscale until it becomes a dim black and white picture. Notice that might change the way you respond to that food. Now put it back, put it back to its original color and brightness. Now take that picture and push it away from you, push it away from you, push it away from you so it disappears on the horizon. Now bring it back, bring it back, bring it back to its original size and shape and then bring it closer and closer and closer that might change the way you respond to that food all right put it back to its original size shape and encoding so we just had a little play with some of the sub components of visual next let's have a little play with auditory so we're gonna have a little play with auditory So imagine yourself in a park and all the sounds you'd hear in the park, all the sounds you'd hear around you, maybe there's cars off into the distance, you can hear the various animals around you, just just little things you'd hear in a park. Now put all that sound so it's just behind you, put all that sound so it's just behind you. Put all the sound so it's in front of you, put all the sound so it's just in front of you. Put all the sound around you, put all the sound around you. Now turn up the volume of the sound, turn up the volume so the sound becomes louder and louder, louder and louder. So it's now very, very loud. Now turn that sound down, turn the sound down, turn the sound down to its original volume and carry on turning it down, turning it down, turning it down, it becomes a whisper. All the sounds around you are a whisper. Now take the sound and start to turn it up, start to turn it up, start to turn it up, back to its original volume. Next, we're going to slow sound down. And when you slow sound down, 
Also what happens is the pitch becomes lower. So start to slow the sound down. Oh, the sound is slow. Wow, speed it up, speed it up, speed it up to its original tempo and encoding and then carry on speeding it up so that it becomes faster. And when it also becomes faster, also the pitch comes up higher. It's all the really, really fast, really, really high pitch, very, very different experience when all the sounds around you are really, really high pitch like that. It's like the chipmunks are singing in the trees. So we're now going to slow it down, slow it down, slow it down, slow it down, slow it down. So we've just been playing with some of the sub-components of auditory. Let's have a little play with kinesthetic, just because we can. So I now invite you, I now invite you to imagine a pleasant, a pleasant tingling sensation on one of your shoulders. Allow that pleasant tingling sensation to go across your shoulders and down into your arms. Allow that pleasant tingling sensation to go down your back, down your chest and your stomach. Allow that pleasant tingling sensation go into your pelvis and all the way down into your legs. So you're now covered in this pleasant tingling sensation. Okay, so let's take that pleasant tingling sensation and condense it. Condense it to become a circle in your stomach, a circle in your stomach. Allow that circle to, to gently turn in a clockwise fashion, to turn in a clockwise fashion. And then when you're ready and not before, when you're ready and not before, allow that pleasant ting sensation to become a tube that runs throughout your body and make it a warm, pleasant tingling sensation throughout your body. And then when you're ready, take that pleasant ting sensation and allow it to go to your shoulder and to disappear if you so want it to. So we've just been playing with some of the sub-modalities of kinesthetic feelings, touch and emotions. Now some of you have just realized that if you would like to take control of your imagination, these are the exercises you do. You take a distinction, you play with it, you play with the boundaries. And as you do so, you have flexibility of thinking you also become faster in thinking and processing. It seems to impact on problem solving. Sponsor of this week's NLPCourses.com podcast show is the NLP Train the Trainer Only for the Ambitions who wish to make a living teaching NLP. Apply for your place in this world-class training by heading over to the NLPCourses.com. Right, so we're really starting to explore what is this thing called submodalities and I think you're starting to realize some of the benefits so if I said to you how do you know you believe something how do you know you disbelieve something how do you know you like something how do you know you dislike something how do you know something excites you? How do you know something bores you? Do you suspect it's how you think about it? And if you could change how you think about it, what could you do? 
absolutely pretty much anything. Be able to take, like we said, limiting beliefs, turn them into empowering beliefs. You'll be using your brain for a change. So how would you change your limiting beliefs? Well, one of the exercises we have in NLP is called a contrast analysis, a contrast analysis. So what is a contrast analysis? It's a fancy way of saying, we've got two lists and then see what's different. So what we do is if you discovered how you encoded a strong belief, and how would you do that? Well, we have what we call a submodality checklist, which is a list of submodality distinctions that you tick off. So, for example, you think of something that you strongly believed, and I might ask you, is it associated or disassociated? Framed or panoramic? Moving or still? Color, black and white? And we have the same, you know, various distinctions for auditory and kinesthetic. And then what you do is once you find out how you've encoded that strong belief, you then would discover a limiting belief, something that's holding you back. Find out how you encode that. And you go through that list, just like we just said. And what you have is two separate lists. And you take the strongly believe as a template and you change the encoding of the limiting belief. Now I will include in part of the resource to this podcast a some modality checklist that you can download and use to discover how you encode beliefs, limiting beliefs. How would you take something that you liked, discover how you encode something you dislike and make those changes. So I'll give you that sheet. So a couple of things with this is that we're presupposing that you can access your imagination. So let's talk about this because one of the most common questions I have when we do the live training would be along the lines of, John, I can't visualize. Uh, is there any suggestions that you have that will help me visualize? Because you probably noticed that there's a lot of things in NLP, coaching, leadership, visionary, goal setting, all seems to rely on you to have this ability to visualize. So are there some things that help? Yes, in my opinion, there's two things that anywhere in the world at the moment are by far the best ways to increase your ability to visualize. One is to play with the submodalities, as we said in this podcast. The other, I'm quite happy to give you a copy. But just before I tell you about the other resource, let's indicate what do we mean by visualization? What do we mean by accessing our imagination? Because if you just pretend to visualize, you get the same results as everybody else. It's true. Okay, let's test it. If I said to you, picture your living room, picture your living room. Notice that you could describe it to me. You could tell me the layout, you could tell me the colors, but it's not a solid 3D Technicolor image that's going on. It is an impression more than anything. It's kind of there, but it's kind of not. Well, that is visualization. If you saw solid 3D Technicolor images going on all the time, you tend to get locked away because you can't tell the difference between reality and what's going on inside your head. 
So when you come across any te technique that asks you to visualize, just relax, go along with it, you are getting all the results. So what about this other resource I promised you? It's based on the work of Dr. Wen Wenger. He's written a wonderful book on learning called The Einstein Factor. And he's proposing this idea that there's a stream of unconscious communication going on just behind our conscious awareness, a stream of information. And how do you access that? Well, he has a wonderful technique called image streaming, image streaming. And there is a side effect to this. So before you decide to download the resource and rush out to buy Dr. Wen Wenger's book, I ought to tell you about the side effect. And the side effect tends to be this. After 10 hours of doing this technique, and we're talking 10 minutes a day over a period of time, we can measure a 22 point IQ jump in you. And that is upwards. Do you still want to go and download it? Yeah, of course you do. Now, Please do go and visit Dr. Wen Wenger's website called imagestreaming.com and they'll point you in all direction of where that research was done around the IQ improvement. Are you aware of how much we covered again in this podcast? So just a quick recap. We asked the question, what are submodalities? And we came to several conclusions. One of the major conclusions was this. We took the world in through our five modalities and we used that as the raw building blocks to our thinking. And each of those five modalities, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, olfactory and gustatory, can be broken down even further into their own building blocks. And we had a little play with visual, auditory and kinesthetic. And in this session, I promised you a couple of resources. So one of the resources was the submodality checklist. So head over to the website and find that on the podcast page. And also the image streaming, how to image stream resource that you'll find on the same page of the podcast, which will be a link below. So how do you increase your ability to visualize? Well, submodality holds the key and also image streaming which are by far the best two ways to increase your ability to visualize. And that's just one of the side effects of the benefits of some modalities. In next week's session, we're gonna take one of the most powerful distinctions within some modalities that if you took nothing else away from NLP, but the understanding and ability to use this distinction you would have taken away a huge amount. Wow, I can't wait till next week myself. If you've got any questions, if we can serve you in any way, please do visit the website at nlpcourses.com. There's a podcast page there. If you want the transcripts, please go ahead and download them. And I look forward to catching up with you soon. Take care. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to NLPCourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro linguistics, programming, and beyond.